Would you pray with me? Father God, as we, uh, as we come to hear your word, Father, I just pray that you would speak to us. Father, that the words from my mouth would resonate with people here today. And Father, um, that your word would be heard. Not just listened to, but actually heard, Father. So God, I just pray your blessing over this message today. Amen. All right. So, we are going to continue on in Matthew. We're going to keep talking about discipleship. And we're looking at, yeah, Matthew eleven twenty-five to 30 here. So, there's some really, it's all really good in this. But I want to focus on a specific part of this because Jesus actually offers a, a, a bit of a different look at discipleship to him here today. So, that second half, what we're really going to drill into is verses 28 to 30. But it, it's all, like I said, it's all really good, all really important. But those are the verses that I want to focus on here. So, first, worship team, thank you this morning. Um, God's at work. Because we're talking about burdens and bondage this morning. Um, so, thank you for listening to the Spirit and, and, and preparing our hearts. Um, what I want to start with is recapping something that I talked about the last time that I preached. Um, I, I did the first sermon on Matthew when we got into discipleship here, uh, and we looked at Matthew 23 back then. Um, Jesus explained to us there, he kind of looked at the Pharisees and said, hey, this is what discipleship doesn't look like. There was a really clear message that um, the model that the Pharisees uh, were providing, creating, um, it, it wasn't the way to disciple people well. Um, Jesus addressed the fact that they were actually creating standards that the people couldn't live up to. There was no way that they could live up to that. And not only that, but um, they were creating these standards and making it so difficult to, to live it out and then turning around and walking away and just saying, yep, deal with it. So with that as context, let's look at verse 28. Verse 28. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So what's Jesus offering here? He's offering rest. Rest to those who have a heavy burden to carry. That's a bit of an interesting contrast when we see Jesus later in Matthew 23 talking about how the Pharisees are just loading on things and making it so that you're, you're carrying a giant boulder on your back. I think of that that uh, atlas, is that the, the statue, the atlas with the big, it's carrying the world on his shoulders. But then Jesus here is saying, come to me all who 
labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So the Pharisees saw people were struggling keeping the law of God. So, instead of trying to counsel and coach through that, we'll keep on more and more rules, more regulations, to the point that it's impossible to actually live up to it. Not to mention the fact that they don't even recognize their own sin in the process. Meanwhile, Jesus here is calling those who are burdened by their sin and the endless laws to himself. It's a call to give him the full weight of it all. All of it. Whereas the Pharisees heaped it on and made you turn around, walked away, and left you to it, Jesus was saying, no, come to me, I will help. And that's something that hasn't been offered to the Israelites before by their leadership. God has constantly offered it, and they've constantly rejected it, but Jesus is here again. Jesus in, in God in, in man is here offering it to them. So that includes giving him complete, our, our, our complete and utter inability to follow God, to obey God under our own power. Because that's what the Pharisees were trying to accomplish. We will make more rules to make it easier to follow God because, yeah, you just simply follow all of these rules. When you've got a list of 120 rules for one action, how easy is it to remember exactly all of those 120 rules and do exactly as they say? It's like trying to, if I was to operate a crane for the first time or something, I'm pretty sure that I would fail with um, all the levers and buttons and I don't even know what's in a crane. But somehow, right? You have to do so many things at once just to get one action right. But we can't do that under our own power. So that's where the next couple of verses come into play. So Jesus says, if we continue on, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. So let's start by talking about the yoke. We're not talking about egg yolks, the yellow part inside of an egg, as tasty as those are, and as bad for you apparently as they are. That isn't what we're talking about. A whole load of eggs. Um, yolks, uh, for those who may have known farming before the advent of the giant combines and everything else. Uh, yokes were a, a piece of wood usually that was used to strap animals together and they would pull, they would pull a, a, a plow, um, they would pull a cart, different things. So that's what a yoke was. Um, and sometimes there was one animal in it, one ox usually in this period, uh, but sometimes there were two. Um, the way that it worked when you had two animals was usually you would put one that was more experienced. So we'd have Doug 
pulling along the weight, and then you'd put somebody like me, who's young and inexperienced, come up beside and learn. Because if you've ever dealt with training animals, they aren't just born with the ability to know what you're trying to get them to do. I mean, our children don't do that, so why would we expect animals? So you have to train the animal, and the best way to do that is taking one that's already trained, teaming them up with one who doesn't know, and stopping them from being wild, essentially. So as the, the young, inexperienced ox is, is uh, in the yoke, he's going to try to wander off in any direction, end up in the bush, get the plow stuck up in roots and all kinds of things. Uh, but the, the more experienced ox is going to be right there to help keep him. He knows the commands. He knows what the farmer wants him to do. And he's going to take those commands, and he's going to lead the younger one. So Jesus says, take my yoke upon you. Take my yoke upon you. There's an implication there that a lot of times we can easily miss. And it's really important to consider it. So rabbis often spoke of placing the yoke of the law on their students. So again, we think Pharisees. Taking, taking all these rules and stuff, putting them on the students, on the Israelites, to help them learn the law. It was a heavy burden that they were just expected to get used to, and they had to wear it on their own. And that's often the case for us. We expect God to come into our hot mess and help us along. Because, again, we're that young, inexperienced ox who would rather wander in the bush with the plow attached to us than plow in the field. But Jesus invites us to take his yoke. That's what it says. His yoke upon us. Not the other way around. But we know better than God, right? It's better that God comes to us and joins us in our man-made burdens. The things that we want to pile on and make life difficult with. But no, Jesus specifically says to lay that down and take his yoke upon us. You're going to get tired of hearing his and us today. It sounds a lot like the call of the disciples, though. When we look at Luke 5, 10 to 11, do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. They didn't hang on to all that they had labored for and held dear. They didn't continue to carry the weight of those fishless nights. Nor did they say, hey, or, or nor did Jesus say, hey, I'm going to stick with you now and make sure that every time you go out fishing, your nets are full. They dropped it all and they followed him. And I think that's a really important concept to drill into today. 
Because again, a lot of times we can be sitting and crying in our own mess, expecting God to come to us and bail us out. We often ask him to do that, right? We, we ask him to come alongside us in every situation and be present as we live life, and that's not a bad thing. We want God to be present in our lives. However, how often are we asking God, guide me to your presence as I live out your life? Let me enter into your presence as I live. I'm going to repeat this again. Jesus calls us to take his yoke upon us. Doing things on our own, under our own power, it's the equivalent of being that young, inexperienced ox, the one who is trying to, again, go through the bush, pull a cart through a whole bunch of rocks instead of the path that's right there. We can get off track and we get stuck in a swamp. It doesn't make sense to bring that, that master ox into that situation once it's already deteriorated if we can just start the process by having the young ox join the one that's on the right path. It does make sense to yoke the wild ox to the experienced one. And he's already on that right path. He won't be running wild in the fields, tearing up your neighbor's field, getting into all kinds of messes that he wants to make. But what's interesting here is that this isn't a, a call to greater moral effort. Jesus isn't saying, hey, here are some more rules to make sure that you're living right. It is important that we live life right. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying you can just go out and do whatever you want. That's not at all it. But that's what the laws become, is burdensome. And then they eventually miss the point. All these rules and everything. They eventually end up missing the point. We lose the heart in the law. The call that Jesus makes is to lay it all down, lay our burdens down, our bondage down, and go to Jesus. Ultimately, his yoke is much lighter than anything that we are trying to pull around. Thank you. So, this is all, this is discipleship. Discipleship with Jesus. This is exactly what discipleship with Jesus is. The learner drops all of their baggage, and they lay it down at the feet of the teacher. Like those fishermen who Jesus called. They didn't, it doesn't say they went off and sold the fish, sold their boats. They just laid it down and started following Jesus. 
This particular teacher is perfect in every way and already walking in the light. So why would we try to struggle under our own power to find our way there when we can yoke ourselves to Jesus who is already there? And it works really well when we apply this to living as a disciple of Jesus. Um, but it's, it's easier said than done. We're human. We, we make some really poor choices. And for those of you who make every choice perfectly, I'm sorry for speaking for you. But how many of us can truly say that we have given up all of our burdens at the feet of Jesus? How many of us still hold on to the vices that separate us from the Father, from true relationship? How many of us are holding on to guilt and shame? How many carry judgment, bitterness, anger, distrust, anxiety, fear, pride? The list goes on. All of us carry something. And many of us are carrying the weight of a yoke um, on our own that we should be letting go of to go and carry the weight that Jesus wants us to carry, which he says is light. We'd rather call for roadside assistance to come and help dig the ox and the cart out of the mud than, uh, than to just lay it down and go pick up what Jesus has called us to carry. So what are you carrying today? Is there anyone in the yoke with you? Are you carrying your own yoke? Is there somebody in there with you? And even if there is somebody carrying the same thing that you are, is it the right person? Is it the one who's already walking in the light? Is it the one who has a light load to offer you? We're called to carry the yoke of discipleship. We get into the yoke with Jesus, not him into our yoke. We learn from him and only him. We should learn from only him, I should say. But we need to be willing to get out of our yoke of bondage and let go of the weight of that burden. We need to be willing to do that. It doesn't just go away. We need to be willing. People who hang on to their sin and, and want to grasp onto that because it's comfort, because it makes them feel like this is home, they wrap themselves up in a security blanket. They're, they're not going to let go of that. Jesus isn't just coming and taking away. You need to be willing to let that go. And only when we do that can we truly become a disciple of Christ. 
So, Father God, as we as we move forward, Father, to your table, God, I just pray right now that uh, that you would enter in, Father, to our lives. God, you would let us know what we're carrying that we need to lay down in order to be in right relationship with you. And Father God, that as we remember your acts of mercy, as we recall what you had done for us on the cross, Father, that that all of that would remind us how important it is to have a good relationship with you. How important it is that we lay down everything at your feet and pick up your yoke. God, I just pray that you would offer us deliverance from the things that are holding us back from a right relationship with you, Father. Even if we feel that we are in perfect relationship with you, God, if there's anything that we're holding on to, we're not. So God, deliver us. Help us to remove those burdens. And Father, help us to take up life with you. Father, we thank you for what you've done for us.